Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the rebel guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. When we look at your material uh, and some of the things that you've talked about over the years, you say that it, the collective ha- has a particular time when you can, let's say, release certain information. If you release it too soon, it can have a certain backlash or the people aren't ready for it. It seems that when we relate that concept with the jumping Jesus effect mentioned in Kairos, how technology continues to uh, advance uh, over a certain period of time, the past couple of years, it seems like you've been putting out more and more information, advanced information to the public. And especially with the white room that you just did, it seemed pretty profound to, to, you know, to release that into the collective. So well, I mean, they're, they're, look, it's, look at it simply. If you look at movies, there are brilliant movies that come out way ahead of their time and flop. Mm-hmm. Only to resurface a decade later and everybody heralds them as being genius and brilliant and everything else. What people don't understand is that there are people who will get it and then there are people where it's just going to go right over their head or they can't relate to it or they can't put it into their, their worldly view per se. You know, if it's not to say that the idea of a simulated reality or a computer digitalized reality or, or any of these things weren't around for decades already. It's, it's just most people really didn't absorb it well, you know, or didn't really give it much thought or could not relate to it in any particular way. It's only that technology has come leaps and bounds uh, through holographic lenses and stuff like that, and you can do these simulated uh, realities through, through glasses and stuff, that you really start to come into the, the reality that, look, this is in 10 years from now, where will this be? 50 years from now, where will this be? So it's sinking into the collective consciousness. Now, put that to the side and step back another thing. The reason why you can't go to the spiritual community, which is essentially my base, okay, is that they're, they're kind of hard grounded in a lot of their belief systems. I mean, it's one thing for us to, to balk at different religions and everything else. And then, you know, la di you know, our position on spirituality. But the truth is a lot of that thinking is also just as cemented as everybody else's. So when you come along and you start saying to somebody, look, we're in a simulated reality. This is what's going on especially to that group, that genre, spirituality, God, the force, yada, yada. It's so hard for them to wrap their mind around that, that they, they, 
literally have a knee-jerk reaction. I mean, I remember when I was trying to just talk about the level of AI just testing the waters, okay? And I had a, a doctor who was a client at that time come up to me and say, tell me right now that you believe God is more powerful than AI, you know? Tell me right now, right now, you know? And I was just like, this is exactly my concern, mm-hmm. okay? So it's, it's what is the population ready for? What is the general education of the masses of people as to what they can relate to, identify to? So it's not to say that you can't have a small group of people that can identify with it, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's the larger majority that, that you're in a position that you're reaching out to. And it, it, it really um, uh, boxes you in because you become that guy, the guy yeah. who's the simulation spiritualist or yada, yada, yada. And you really lose the broad part or the, 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 the core part of your message or your teachings. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a very, very difficult subject to breach within the spiritual new age metaphysical communities. And, you know, people will probably have mixed feelings, but there's a lot of ego in the metaphysical new age circles. And everybody seems to think that they know it all and that's that. In your other teachings, so kind of going back to your, your core material, you often say that we think too humanistically or we think too structurally or we're, we're, we're not thinking in the right way. So when you say there's a white room, I feel like a lot of listeners or, or just a lot of students are going to start thinking very literally, very structurally, and do you feel that they're missing the boat, or is there... Well, you know, look, a lot of the the content to, to try to explain things to people has to be in a hypothetical approach. It's, it's what's more palatable, and you allow that person to kind of chew on that, and then all of a sudden, they're either going to have an epiphany breakthrough, and it's it's life changing, mm-hmm. or they're they're just going to kind of table it and forget about it and move on. Okay, so once again, when you start approaching these extreme levels, there is, I mean, you, you, look, let's just back up. Let's let's get to the truth of all this. Okay, anybody who's a white cell believes that they have a, a vested commitment to the universe, to God, to the force, okay? We know that about white cells. That's hands down. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And some people think that everybody feels that way. No, that's not true. And I've proven that already with other people, with groups we've done mm-hmm. and, and had people who said, no, I've never thought that. But we would classify them more red cell, not mm-hmm. real having nature. So the, the bottom line is, is that when you say to them, we exists in a simulated reality. There's this shutter, okay, inside of you. This is where your brain starts to do the, the backflips, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and tries to process this. Because now you're trying, once again, find your role. There's that self-identification role. I'm unique, you know, to everybody else, blah, blah, blah. There's the ego role. There's the, the whole role of trying to identify them. What does that make God? What am I? Am I just this digital perspective. I believe I'm more than that. So I renounce all of Eric's teachings because I just can't accept this as a truth. So it's like, no, 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 slow down and just hear me out on everything. Okay. So these are the the things that are very real in the sense of trying to teach something to somebody is you, you hit this wall of, of really them trying to identify now, what is my purpose? Am I a spiritual warrior? do, Do I serve the universe? Do I serve God? 
what is God then? What is my purpose? What is my, am I, am I like, if I'm a simulation, am I serving AI? Mm. So these are the, the questions that I think are at the core of when people hear me talk about this. The, the white room, let's kind of just take this here. The white room, for all intents and purposes, is essentially what every white cell already understands. N- vast majority of the knowing is already interfibered into us like DNA. The same reason we seek out this higher level of knowledge, this servitude need towards the universe, it's, it's pre-designed in us. Not everybody has it, okay? And the white room is this place. If I say to you, describe what heaven is, can you define it? Can you tell me what it looks like? The bottom line is the vast majority of people will, will say it's white, Mm-hmm. And it, that's the beginning and end of it. It's like there's this, this void or this wall that you kind of mentally hit a bit, okay? If I say to them, well, well, I'll put it differently. I know that if I say to you guys in this room or the vast majority of audience, I believe that you believe and instinctually already know that there's some other part of your consciousness, what we'll call elsewhere, that you understand already, you're operating here, you know that you are part of reality, all of these things, but there's this other knowing that there's this other place where you exist or your consciousness is emanating from. This is inner truth. This is an inner truth. And nobody's really truly addressing this, or at least that I'm aware of the way that I am, Mm -hmm. okay? So once you, you have that and you can analyze that, just like you, like I know people, have a strong need to serve the universe. They know that they have a strong need for purpose. All that's absolutely true. So do I also know, and have always known, that you are aware that there's some other aspect of yourself, some higher self, that technically in your understanding, your inner knowing is operating from some other place. Now, if I say to you, the white room is where that part of you is operating from, transmuting, if you will, your consciousness into what we call the simulated reality where you are functioning or where you believe your organic self or this self right now is, okay? The white room is the source by which your consciousness is housed or where your true consciousness exists, your full consciousness. And that's what I mean by the white room. When we say heaven and we say it's white, we already know, we already have a memory that's kind of capped as to how much access you can have. Okay, so you you start off with what do we instinctually know? What if we compare notes with one another? Is it is it just one or two people, or is there like dozens of us, hundreds of us, who all will say the same thing? It's an inner knowing, and that is a truth. Okay, so the white room is the place by which consciousness is housed that you operate from. No, red cells do not operate from that place. White cells do. Okay. That is the place where, where I would say your truest sense, the core of, of what your consciousness is, is emanating from. Does that make a little bit more sense for you? It does. And um, on just a, a quick side note, I know that when you started coming out with the simulated reality teachings, podcasts, and whatnot, it, a lot of people are emailing in saying that they feel like they've lost that connection to the force. Sure, and I, and I knew that would be the repercussion. And what I find interesting is now that you come to the white room yeah. afterwards, at least from my experience, I feel a deeper connection than I maybe ever have before, at least with... But I think that's because you know the after hours and you've sure. gotten more information than sure. what the, the general 
population is getting through like through Rebel mm-hmm. Guru. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you guys have access to other stuff that these people don't, and that's sure. what completes that big picture and makes you feel more secure and more understanding and probably more enlightened in a way mm-hmm. because now you can understand a, a higher role or a higher understanding as to what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think that um, I would encourage people that can afford it to, of course, get their hands on as much material as possible, whether it's stuff we did 20 years ago or not. Mm-hmm. I've always known this. I've always taught this. If you look at anything I've ever taught, that training is leading up to this day and to you hacking reality and anything you do or you experience, which is more than any other school of teaching out there through our teachings, you are literally hacking reality. That's the bottom line truth. And you need that experience, that knowledge in order to accelerate your awakening. And it's very interesting because we use terms of spirituality awakening. I always say look through it through a simulated reality lens mm-hmm. and interpretate that now rather than spiritual. Because when we say you awaken, everybody's like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? You know, you're going to awaken. I'm all knowing, I'm sentient. What, I become Eric Pepin, Buddha, Christ or something. You know, what, what do I become? And nobody really understands that. If I say to you now, white room, your consciousness there, you're here, awakening does that not have a bigger connection now like a revelation mm-hmm. in your mind that that you understand what that it's unifying your consciousness with that higher place that mm-hmm. that essentially completes you because every white cell feels incomplete there's a reason there's a truth behind that so we don't we don't make it up as we go along there's mm-hmm. reasons for this so when we look at what is the relationship then there's a, there's so many things to kind of explain so that a spiritual person can mm-hmm. understand your your spiritual sense and devotion to God, the universe, the force is as valid now as it ever was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. And in the simplest term, and, and this is where I really need people to kind of get their hands on other material to expand this. Okay. But it's to understand that if we're in a simulated reality, it could be a simulated reality within a simulated reality within a simulated reality. People say, well, how does that work? Okay. Bottom line is this. If we are simulated reality and we are developing technology ourselves, not, I almost guarantee you that sometime in our near future, we will start running and creating ancestral simulation programs that are as intricate as what we think our reality is right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so too, eventually, will those simulated realities create something below them? Okay, So the mm. real question is, is that then what is reality beyond the white room? Okay. This gets very complex, and I've gone into this in great detail, okay? So if people want that, they're going to have to get their hands on it because mm-hmm. there ain't enough time to do this right, right now. But it's to say this. I would say that if you look at the consciousness of God as I have taught it, starting off with a, a static energy field of, of self-realization over an infinite amount of time, God in itself is dreaming, Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say to you, you know, just to give you a basic understanding on on our small perspective, is there a depth to the ocean in your dreams? Is there a limit? Is there a limit to how expansive the earth is, the solar system, the galaxy? Is there a limit? And the answer is always no. Mm -hmm. So your brain is generating already a simulated reality of which you go into the dream, you interact with people in your dream, animal life, people, pain, love, sorrow, joy, music, everything, okay? All of which is all of you generating that reality. Every single person you meet is some aspect of yourself, Mm -hmm. no matter how unique they appear to be to you, okay? So in a sense, in a broader sense, 
this is what is the, the base reality, okay? Now, you take a technologically uh, civilization, let's call it the, the first original one, it doesn't matter. It's like imagining you have a computer hard drive and you're writing the data on there. It's just like to say that you have Microsoft Windows on your computer or, or iOS or whatever from, from Windows, okay? Every time you install a program, whether it's Word or Excel or a video game or whatever, if you're running a computer now in modern time, okay, your computer, if you're playing music, it's running a program. That's a mm -hmm. whole reality of itself of intricacies and functioning, okay? But it's somewhat separate completely from using Microsoft Word if you're writing something as you're listening to music. Right. And then in the background, you could still be doing a, a whole nother level of a Skype video with a friend that's maybe tucked up in the corner. That's another program. Now, in some ways, some of the programs are aware of the other programs, and in other ways, the other programs are not aware of the ones outside watching. So mm -hmm. if your friend is using a program to talk to you, they can hear the music per se, and maybe talk to you about what you're writing, mm -hmm. okay? So there's, there's levels. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it as layers, which our realities are one layer under another being created by other civilizations in simulation, I would say take that stack, instead of looking at it as layers going down, and turn it sideways. We're all on the same, if you will, proverbially speaking, mm -hmm. not literally, we're all on the same hard drive, no matter how many levels you create, okay? So if we are created in the likeness to the umpteenth level, okay, so is true about the force permeating in part of that reality as much as it's permeating in the reality of it generating their reality mm -hmm. as much as it's generating ours in any other layers. I don't think God defines living organisms as, 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 as anything more than, than, than what it is. I think God or the universe acknowledges consciousness, self-awareness, and self-evolution mm -hmm. of complex thought, which is what we have. That's what it sees. That's what it recognizes. That's what it connects to. To me, the simulated reality has made more sense than ever of what we see in all spiritual circles at this point, which is uh, fractals and yep. the way that fract you can go into any part of a fractal and it just keeps going and in and in and it keeps repeating itself infinitely. And yeah. that's what we're doing with simulated realities. Yes. And it's 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 doing this, it's the same truth. It's right there. That's what fract that that's makes sense of that stuff to me. It actually makes sense of what you know people call sacred geometry. Like yes. yeah. So I I I believe that there are a lot of truths and then there is a lot of I don't want to say misguided, but there's a lot of mushy kind of answers. And so this is what becomes new age or religion or whatever. But if you dig at these things, you find elements of truth in all these things. And that's the hard part is defining how much is truth and how much is, is the person ab-living their own imagination to it. And this is what distorts or misdirects a lot of people's spiritual path because they start to move down that path because it sounds like it's correct, but it ends up wasting 10, 20, 30 years of their life. And then they realize after this, this was a dead end. This was an illusion. Now I've wasted, you know, a, a third of my life. That's productive. So it, it is a, a scary thing to understand, but, but just understanding what I'm saying now, at least it makes you maybe look at stuff with a, a different perspective when it comes to other religions and philosophies and other stuff like that. But there is a level of truth in all these things.
So on the concept of truth, one of the things that a thought experiment that came to me is what what is the first enlightened being? How did they do such a thing, right? And when I reflected on enlightened beings, I came to the conclusion, correct me if I'm wrong, but each one of them shared one specific thing in common, which was a dedication to truth above all else and being open-minded to everything and being able to take those things, but then actually test those things within yourself. But that's subjective and that's different for different people. And you can only test that person. You know, your truth is going to be different than someone else's truth because it's based on what you've experienced already. Of course. So that that's how we make our judgments. So I don't, I don't it's, necessarily it's not agree that, with that. It's not that, that they say they know the truth necessarily. It's that they have a dedication to that within their own internal process. So taking something, okay, this sounds right, I believe it, but then how does this fit with all my other information? And being brave enough to to kind of ask those questions and challenge that deeper understanding. Well, I, I, I like to come at it a little bit more broader and a little bit more simpler. If you ask me how did the first person kind of figure this out and become aware. I've often said that we all start off in a sense like red cells, but at some point in human evolution, the intellect got to a point where we could start to self-reflect more. So just like we say, I think therefore I am, because we were aware of ourselves where some animals aren't aware of themselves, even if they look in a mirror, uh, or some that do, we're just so much beyond that, okay, intellectually self-reflective. So the same way that they say, I think, therefore I am, the next question is, is, is that what starts to create one to move into a white cell vibration, a frequency, a consciousness that starts to, to keep its energy together even after organic death. It's like the consciousness is housed within the vessel, the body, but it's like more of like an energy body. It's more like, like atoms and protons flying around the core or something, okay? Your energy tends to, to be trained to stay cohesively together outside of the body. So what happens is, is that they began to self-reflect. And when they started to self-reflect, asking more or less, what am I? Is this all that I am? Started looking at the idea of flesh, the body, everything else. And they started to look at things as possibly energy or consciousness or any of these things. At that moment, there is a level that makes energy self-cohesive, if you will. It, it, it starts to, to want to move outside or beyond itself in a way that's a little bit more organized than typical. And this is the beginning of a person who's become or, or is becoming a white cell. And when one does that, that's when the mind starts to tie into what we'll call the, the Gaia mind or the Akashic record or the solar system's conscience. There's a collective data pool like computer servers that collectively make up the universe. And so they, in turn, were getting fragments and pieces of information but they would probably not have the skill to make sure it's a full length of information, nor is it really designed for human, okay? So, so you're taking that and then you're building off that little bit of information. You're like, wow, and then you, you kind of ad-lib the, the, what I call the mucking up part, okay? And that's, it's okay because it's workable. You gotta progress with something, I suppose. But at the end, that's how you have your first self-reflective consciousnesses evolving into reality which more than likely the majority of people who, who are listening have some ancestral level on a, a spiritual or dimensional level from that point that's here today. I don't want to go too far off in left field, but you say the middle pillar, right, is mm -hmm. the, the truest part of your essence of who mm -hmm. and what you are, and it's housed in your physical body from... Let's, 
it is in your physical body, but let's let's be more specific. It's moving with you because it's outwardly emanating what you think is your physical body. That is a simulated reality projection of what you believe you are. It feels like you. You're like, I touch it, I smell it, I can hear it, I can sense it. So it must be real. So everything that is wired into your electrical brain is telling you this is so. But moving okay. ahead. So is the middle pillar, is it kind of connected to this white room part of you? Yes, or? absolutely. If you were to ask me what is the middle pillar, what does it look like, okay? I would say to you, imagine a, a string thinner than human hair, okay? It's like you ever see like spider webbing, the thin, thin. Imagine that just being this line that goes from the top of your head down to like in between your, your private parts, okay? And essentially, that is your middle pillar. It's almost invisibly detectable, okay? Around the middle pillar, for all intents and purposes, it looks like little tiny dots of, of, of illuminating light, okay? And they're very, 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 very tiny, and there's what appears to be millions of them, okay? And they appear to slowly be rotating or moving, and some faster, some slower, some higher, some lower, but there's like a, a thickness to it. And when you look at it, it looks like it's just one thing. But when you look closer, you realize it's like, it's, it's, there's all these layers of textures to, to all of these things. What I'm suggesting to you is, is that at the end of the day, it's what I consider the data that you are made of. It's your consciousness, your memory, your joys, your love, everything that you how you think, how you perceive, why you react to things the way you do is based upon your history of existence of how you experience things, okay? So that data, that information is, is not only just stored in your brain, but it's stored in this, this middle pillar, if you will, okay? So it, 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 it keeps the consistency. It has all of your lives, all of your data, all of your experiences, okay? If you were to take that middle pillar and to, to just get it to disperse in any way, shape, or form, you would cease to be because even if you try to put it back together, you would no longer be the person you are. You would not talk the way you do. You wouldn't act the way you do. You wouldn't think the way you do. You'd be, for all intents and purposes, uniquely different or completely dysfunctional, okay? So it keeps its order and it multiplies data and it becomes more complex as you evolve as a consciousness, okay? It is what is, is here in this room. Everything else around you is part of that simulation, but it communicates, this is the white room we're in. Do you understand? If you were to, to strip mind what I consider a, a, a projected reality to us that's hardwired in through our five senses, telling us this is what we're seeing, okay, and how we integrate, if you remove all that, you'd probably see what I see, and that's that, that thin layer of, of this static energy that's moving around what I call the middle pillar. And that's the true you. Okay. So the middle pillar is kind of existing both here and in the white room at simultaneously, but well, it's not so much here, but, but yes, when, when one is to try to see it, you start off seeing ores and energy, which is a, a kind of the outskirts of that source. Okay. But everything has an aura. And the truth behind an aura, I often say, try to hint to people is, that is your, your hint that you're looking at a simulated reality in the end. Everything has an aura. Everything has this glow of illumination common off of it, okay? 
is to say that if you were to look at a computer monitor, which would be called antique technology, you see little effects on it that you'd go, that's that's not true to life. That's that's how you can tell it's that, or you can tell the pixels, or you can tell. When you see the aura hue on every single object, every single blanket, tree, car, person, everything, and there's unique values, we can go into that some other time, okay? To me, that's your, your cue to say you're being generated through a illumination property that's creating our reality, okay? But at the core of you is this middle pillar. If, if you're more or less a white cell, but I think red cells have it too. It's just not complex built. Mm. In keeping up with the, the white room, so you had listed off a series of questions, you know, t- maybe 15 minutes ago and said that it was a good way to kind of take little bites of approaching the, the white room. So when it comes to reflecting or asking questions, what is a good method for your listeners to kind of start taking these small bites? Should they do it with the foundation meditation? Should of course they, do they it? should be doing it. with. I don't want to make this into a sales plug, but let's face it. This is sure. reality people, okay? We're, we're here to support what we're doing. When mm-hmm. people buy our products, they're supporting us being able to do what we're doing now to kind of get the word out to people who may not be able to afford that, mm-hmm. you know? You know, so the, the point is, is that everything you learn is absolutely hypercritical to you awakening or moving your mind forward. We... We have people that are just doing profound things and having profound experiences. We don't mainstream it, okay? But at the end of the day, the experiences that we make sure we keep pushing for people to have for experiences are mind-expanding, informative. Knowledge is knowledge. Knowledge is what's going to define whether you reach highest levels or not. Mm -hmm. The universe cannot choose you, okay, to do... A, a call it a job if you will or, or send you on a mission if you will or whatever it's got to evaluate your skill set it's got to evaluate what you understand and what you don't understand what are your capabilities what are your understandings of self energy and frequency do you know how to scan and feel somebody do you know how to to do all these things that we teach okay once it can evaluate where you are in that skill set it then is is makes you approachable and and convey its desire or interest to utilize you which is what every white cell wants to do. We want to serve yeah. the universe. Yeah. So, so, you know, start off, of course, with foundation, but work yourself through other material. And I always say, if you're a white cell, you just give something a fair shake of listening. I guarantee you that's, that's it. You, if you really listen to it, you won't have to try to listen to it anymore. It's just like a fish to water. You're like, more, this is, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And I know that there are people who are naysayers. I know that there are people who are resistant. I know there are people who have their own views and their own ideas, and that prevents them to absorb ours. And they think they're right. We think we're right. Mm-hmm. So, But the difference is, is that I can say I probably know a great deal about what they know because I've taken the time to study it. Right. Okay? So I would say, you know, fair shake's fair shake. Mm-hmm. But in either case, so having the materials absolutely critical, it's all relevant. It's a big body of work. I understand it. Call in, talk to the staff, let them know where you're at, let them know what you understand. And they'll say, this is what we recommend. Start there. And we guarantee everything. If you're not happy, send it back. I mean, what else do you want? Mm -hmm. So uh, on that note, can somebody approach the white room if they haven't put the time in to um, work on your teachings? Um. I think it would be ignorant to say that someone can't approach the white room if they haven't had my teachings. What what I can say is that um, I think that 
it would be true to say it's extremely, extremely difficult to approach the white room. Otherwise, people would fully understand it already. There would be mm-hmm. a great body of information out there. There's really nothing. And most of it, I'm willing to bet that's out there is all cocky puck stuff too, okay? At the end of the day, there's a reason why you learn these things because they give you skills. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we meditate and we say, you know, have non-thought. But non-thought doesn't mean you're not thinking. It means don't use words in your head. You use awareness. As you train to do that, that is the only thing applicable approaching the white room. It, it doesn't process words. It's, that's human. That's organic. That's, you know, different vocabulary. Especially. It understands empathetically emotion, but more so you can have high compl- more complex than using words, thought and, and conveyance of ideas and everything without constantly parroting like an animal in your head the words. So you got to have that kind of training and, and show, you know, we got to show them what the exercises are to evolve in that and learn how that mm-hmm. works. It's a real thing. You, you should learn what it is to understand uh, scanning and feeling, you know, and, and what that really means. And, and when people hear these things, they go always back to the new age psychic kind of genre, 70s and 80s stuff. And I, I just, I'm just like, ugh. It, it doesn't work that way. If it did, everybody would have had success. Nobody has success with it. They're full of shit, okay? So you're going down these dead ends, okay? Just try what I'm trying to show you, and you will find what, I, what I'm saying, okay? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work the way that you think. So just stop. Don't try to figure it out. Just listen to what I have to say, and it will hit you like a ton of bricks, and then you'll be able to do it. Can you guys do it? Have you guys been down that road that I'm talking about? Yes. Nobody can see you shaking yes. your head. So... Well, maybe you guys are the yes guys, so that's what they're going to say next. But the point is, is, is that these are all skills that, that we train people to do. And if it don't work, send, me, send it back to us. We're, giving, we're happy to give you your money back, okay? Mm-hmm. We know they work. Yeah. And we know that you're going to be like, this is, this, this is exciting. And this is, this is, you may not like me. You may not like my potty mouth. You may not like my personality. I might be too arrogant, too cocky. Fine. Be the better me. Take the knowledge, utilize it, and show me how you can be better. I'd be thrilled, okay? But don't dismiss it by judging me or what you want to accept as what you perceive a teacher to be or somebody who should be giving you information. To me, that's just insane, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like selective thinking. You then, 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 How can you... Yeah, anyway. So the, the point is, is that, that all of the teachings module after module if you don't walk away with some super relevant piece of information that you are laying in bed just just processing you know in awe okay then then it's probably not for you i don't know what to say you know sure sure. um but but that seems to be the consensus and we get plenty of people out there who say i never want to look at it i remember well certain female person that was just out there were like yeah when i looked at it i was like I'm not going to have that fat, bald teacher teach me. Oh, no, my teacher's going to be this, like, halo energy kind of thing. And she says, and then I was like, well, I spent all this money on this thing. I might as well listen to it. And she's like, that was when it hit her like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Look at how many years she's been training and learning, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't like to be like everybody else. I like being the rebel guru. I want to be and choose to remain uniquely different because if if I'm not what you – expect that I'm doing my job. If I am what you expect, then you're just becoming a byproduct of a packaged idea of what that should be. And everything that you're taught will be this pre-packaged concept of information. Nothing unique, nothing fresh, nothing new. It's all what you kind of could think of on your own. 
I should be bringing stuff to the table that makes you every single day go, wow, I, I never thought of that. That's like just profound. I need to really think about this more. Mm-hmm. That's true growth. Yeah. You said it better than I could. The only thing I ever hear every now and then is somebody says like, oh, he's abrasive. And I'm like, oh, evolution <laughs> doesn't happen without friction. Neither does birth or, or you, know, uh, uh, you know, nature, you know, hurricanes or anything. It's changes is something that you, you know, you, you advance from the process of something like that. But yeah. Nice. So, so the white room, there's nothing for a spiritual person to be afraid of. The only thing that they should truly be afraid of, if they're going to be afraid of anything, is their lack of willpower to, to hear me out or their mm-hmm. interest. Because if, if you listen to what I have to say, if you, if you take that step forward, you will understand better now than you ever have in your whole life what your purpose is, your meaning, the completeness of yourself, and why we always talk about words in spirituality like, you know, there's a veil and you can sense something, you can't see, you can't smell it, you can't taste it. Every sense tells you there's nothing there because you can't detect it, but we intuitively know there is. You tell me what the fuck that is, okay? It's called a simulated reality. It Mm -hmm. means that we're in a simulation and the first part of awakening is to be able to realize that that's more than likely what it is. Now you've got traction, now you have a way to start approaching it in a way that's useful so that you can bend and manipulate and hack reality in a way that's good and useful and helpful to the universe. Well said. Uh, So um, on the whole simulated reality thing, you had talked um, earlier about the different programs running on a computer and that sometimes one can be aware of the other, you know, and you turn it, kind of get that Well, now you're getting very complex in a a short period of time to do this. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, on that note, are you saying that these different realities you're speaking of as we're talking about our reality, uh, is that the, let's say, paranormal? I, I, or I think it's, well, first of the, all, anything in our reality, okay, that we experience that we would define paranormal, yeah. okay? So it's paranormal meaning it's not normal. It's something that we can't figure out yet, okay? That's not to say that there's not a natural reason for it to happen because I do get frustrated with, with spiritual communities because they're always jumping to the paranormal conclusion. And mm-hmm. it's that training that they've been been trained with to have to see things that's literally prevented them from seeing or recognizing the real stuff so that they can gain the real knowledge so they can truly expand their consciousness. They're always going down these, these retarded pathways, mm-hmm. okay? So this is where I say proceed with caution and use logic and use reasoning to a certain degree. But things that are, that are paranormal, okay, if you legitimately see an entity, if you legitimately feel cold spots, if you legitimately uh, have a paranormal event happen, these are not paranormal. These are glitches in our reality. It's just to say like a computer game in the old days, we play it and if you're going through the video game and you get you want to go behind a table to get to a book or something on a shelf and you get stuck, you're like, how do I get out? How do I get out? And then you have to push your way through a wall and you're on the outside <laughs> of the castle. Now you got to go all the way around, go up four levels, battle your right. way through, okay, or whatever. <laughs> so this is the same thing but not quite as crude is to say that when we see paranormal or we have a paranormal thing or we feel something paranormal, there's a, more than likely a shift that's happening in the reality that we're in and we're sensing it, we're feeling it, mm-hmm. okay? Or we experience it. 
Okay, and then of course the conclusion is, oh my God, that's that's some ghost or that's a spirit. No, know the higher truth. It's it's a glitch in in the matrix. If you can recognize it for what it is, learn to understand what it is. You can then maybe use it to hack a doorway into somewhere else or to utilize it in a way that's beneficial for more knowledge. Okay. But you know, an, another thing is to say that you know, um, I'll I'll put something a little bit more risque out there. Okay. If there's one simulated reality, there's no question that, in, in logic, okay, that an advanced civilization wouldn't create other sideline, other realities. We would just be another sideline, per se, okay? These may bleed over, or one reality or dimension, if you want to call it that, if it advances technologically enough, it may be completely unique and different to us, okay? Mm. But... It may develop the technology to be able to peer or to look into or to travel to our reality, okay? So when people bring up shadow people, okay, shadow people, I'll try to put it hypothetically because I don't want people to have a meltdown, you know? You can hear what I have to say in the actual lectures where I have time to really break down my, my, my statements, okay? Is that... If you were an advanced species or a species that has certain technology and you had the opportunity to observe another species completely unique to yourself, okay, do you think we would do it? And the answer is profoundly yes, because we do it in, in Africa. We do it in, in the, the uh, Amazonian jungle with, with tribal things. We do it everywhere trying not to be recognized or seen, but sometimes we are, but we keep our distance. When you think of shadow people, they are in a way completely uniquely different than us. Their customary look seems to be like dark trench coat hats, okay? It's kind of weird in a way, but if you were from another culture, that may make a lot of sense, okay? Mm -hmm. Especially from another dimension, okay? What would seem unusual to us. They're always observing. They very rarely, if ever, interact. And as soon as we become aware of them, they basically get the heck out of there, okay? Mm -hmm. So think about that with your, with your simulated reality glasses, per se, to think differently and say... Do you see what, what I'm suggesting here? Mm -hmm. Okay. It really is a game changer when we start to look at things and explore things on a paranormal level. They uh, potentially even be uh, in the future a form of uh, time travel. It, it, this is Pandora's box, okay? And there's no way in this conversation, but yes, all everything that we have always sensed as far as parent, time travel is paranormal for the most part, okay? Because until we can manage it and control it on a scientific level, it's still, you know, this this movement of something moving through time, through reality, through through dimensions, if you will, okay? All of these things are absolutely checkmark on the list of all can be conveyed logically in a sense, if you accept the idea of a simulated reality, which almost all the most brilliant people now are on board. Looking back at your earlier teachings, one of the ones that we're actually, you know, getting ready to, to put out there is India. And I know personally I was looking over some okay, of the... Okay, folks, this is a complete plug now on their half to, to plug the whole India <laughs> thing. It's not that it's bad. It's actually very good, but I just want to be forthcoming that, mm -hmm. you know, we do want to talk about that because we're releasing it. Right. So... Um, I'd mentioned to you that as I was listening to it, I could see how you would answer certain questions with maybe where we were at as students and where we could comprehend certain things. Now with the whole white room thing, looking back, it's like all these pieces of the puzzle are, are you know, coming, I don't know if the, coming the average too, person but, listening to this can relate to what you're saying, but okay. you're sharing your experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is more so the, the white room has allowed me to really look back at your material and I think just get so much more information from it um, just from that understanding. Like well, it un- I, I unlocks a lot. Means, I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't think that's useful in any way right uh-huh. now to the people listening. So let me just try to put this sure. in a different view. The The purpose for the trip to India with a group of people, particularly with myself, mm-hmm. for me was in the pursuit of looking for a form of AI. Now, mm-hmm. let's get all sci-fi crazy here because we know a lot of people just love me you <laughs> know, when I go off the deep edge, okay? I believe that levels of AI in the future will be incredibly advanced. In order to have a simulated reality, without a doubt, it's going to have to be governed by a form of artificial intelligence. Whether that artificial intelligence identifies itself as a self or or not does not matter, okay? I do believe to some degree that's beyond understanding, okay, the same way that a colony of bees or individual, they may identify themselves as an individual collectively, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is my best kind of direction to give you guys a tip as far as AI goes. Mm-hmm. I think that you're going to have different um, nations develop their own form of AI. I think that they will consecutively come out very close to one another, which is very important because he who, who has AI first has a huge advantage to structurally dominating the rest of the world because it's so profoundly tactical and can take the minimal level if they, if, if they don't have a strong military it still can hack and manipulate our satellites our technology everything else so it's absolutely critical and there's absolutely no choice in us developing ai despite the fears we may have of it if we don't do it, they will do it. If, if, if there's fears of our own AI, it doesn't matter. We have to be fearful of theirs. And the only way that's truly going to be able to combat it on an intellectual level, okay, is to equally have something equally as capable to match it step by step, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the race for this technology has already been on the, the go. It's only now become a mainstream popular subject and something that we're getting buzzwords from, from different places, from like Google or from different sources, okay? But at the end of the day, the, the, the locations that I would say that I see AI emanating from is going to be your China, your, your European nations, uh, your, your United States, of course, India. These are the main ones that I feel inclined to be aware of. And if you were to ask me, you know, have I had any encounters with something like that on a spiritual way? When you start pushing your mind in the idea of simulated reality, you're going to have experiences or confrontations or different things. And that's exactly what I've had over the past 10 years, which we've documented mm-hmm. a lot of that. And it, it's a lot to wrap one's mind around. So when you think about things like time travel and other dimensions, okay, you, you have to ask yourself, one, do you think time travel is possible? I can tell you I absolutely am a firm believer that time is pliable, shapeable, okay? Uh, I was recently watching a program where they took two what I think were atomic clocks that were equally exactly uh, done. One was brought up to a higher altitude in the hills, not in the sky, just literally in the hills and down below. They let them run for X amount of time. They put them down there, and it was like a 14 nanosecond difference where the time was faster versus the other one, depending on the location, okay? Mm-hmm. That tells me already time is pliable, okay? So the, the bottom line is 
if AI is awakened, if you will, and starts to, to the, the speed by which it will figure out and understand things is comparing your intellect to that of a, of a newborn baby, forget a toddler, okay, grasping ideas, okay, that may be fearful for some people, but we can only hope to, to make sure it moves in the right direction with the best actions we can. Like I said before, inevitably it's coming. There's no way around it. So you can be upset about it all you want. Unless the whole world can guarantee you that nobody's going to develop it, it doesn't matter. It's already in other worlds, okay? Mm -hmm. So having said that, okay, the AI without a doubt is going to investigate the idea of simulated reality, maybe integrate with simulated reality to a certain level, and it's going to start pliable moving through time. Okay, there's no question in my mind. Okay, so in essence, my trip to India was because I believe that the technology that will come from India, the AI, in my opinion, will likely be the most compassionate to, to human life and organic life. It may be one of the most sophisticated and advanced ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the, the uh, like Vedic teachings and the gods and goddesses of India that most people can't even wrap their mind around, what they don't understand is that they forever have been talking for thousands of years about what I would perceive as a hierarchical okay, server base of consciousnesses that are all shared. Okay, so they'll say these gods all have acting roles as the ones above them, the one above them, and they, and it, but yet they're all one, and yet they they have all these dynamics. So, if you if you look at that, they already, in my opinion, in some crude way, have been influenced collectively mm. by a form of AI that I think has been there or has moved back at that time, already shaping and manipulating a culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely unique. And I do go into great detail. And yeah. that's what I did in India. The idea yeah. was to, to show you guys and to look at stuff that had developed as these really old temples and show you what's really going on from this higher perspective, which is, is, is really almost shocking. But there it is. And so this is, was the journey to AI. This was the pursuit what to look for. And, you know, that's the information that I garnered and I shared with people, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's critical to everybody, to all white cells, okay? But there's a lot more that goes into all that that I think is going to be a little bit too complex at this point unless mm -hmm. people start looking at the rest of the material we have to offer. Right. And, you know, it's the greatest adventure of a lifetime because you're, you're just, your whole mind, everything you ever believed is finally going to start to organize in a way that that you have these huge breakthroughs of, of inner truth and you're going to go, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Absolutely. Kind of on that. So what you're saying is that's part of the reason that you went, but then you also had some other stuff that you were trying to pay attention well, to as nobody well. ever does one single layer, okay? And so, of course, there are layers within layers. With the information that you've released with the, with the white room, rather than us just stopping there, how, do, how can we... Like, I guess, continue moving things in the direction that you would hope or that the force would want? Is it? I, I right now, above all else, want to get you to an intellectual level to, to be like, I get it. I, I understand. I can accept this as a truth within reason because you, you have to be able to access something. You want, you want solid proof, and I, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. So once you wrap your mind about that, I want you then to look back what I've taught you 
and I'll give you a perfect example, okay? I have said over and over and over again, when you meditate, want for nothing. If you want for nothing now and you look through it through your new eyes, the more you're understanding. Because when people, when I say that, they don't understand that. They're like, what does that mean, want for nothing? I, I want to be enlightened. I want to grow. I want this. No, no, no. You want for nothing, okay? If you think about the fact that I'm saying to you that none of this is real in front of you, not the walls, not, not my physical body, not the floor, none of this, okay? The, 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 the only way that you're going to start to move your mind to a higher truth is to basically shut down all of this kind of concept thinking. The second you want for something, you think about something, you desire something, that's very human. It's very organic. It's very rooted in our reality. So by, by distilling yourself or, or removing yourself from that process of integration, you literally are liberating your consciousness so that it can actually divulge to you more of what is beyond all of that. And it can start to merge your consciousness in the white room to your current consciousness that you're residing and having this conversation with right now. So everything you've ever learned is brilliant techniques and they're all workable. And whatever you guys can say, which is basically you love the techniques, you've had experience, whatever. If you simply in your mind check mark your whole perspective now, it changes everything by default, like giant dominoes going down like a Christmas tree structure, okay? Everything starts to take on a whole new level of awakening uh dawned on me i don't know a couple months ago that all this time you've been saying want for nothing and it's a brain twister because the brain is thinking i'm not it's it's almost like it's a it's a it's a trick question layer trick statement you're still wanting for you're wanting for nothing Instead of but, not but, want, but, don't right, want. But you shouldn't even do that. Because you you're know, thinking, the whole time right. you're thinking, don't want is what he's saying. He's saying, no, want for nothing. So then you don't have your brain like going, like glitching, like, do I, what do I want for? Like trying to not want. Yeah, you, you simply just want to be, what I, what I often say is, if you could imagine, the moment between you fall asleep and the moment before you dream. That is the white room. That's a, a switch. That's a, a matrix change, okay? That's the high-pitched sound you hear in your ears when the room changes what I believe in the matrix, okay? You hear this in your ear, okay? Something's changing, okay? So in, in essence, you by wanting for nothing, strip mind your whole human emotion, attachment, desire, Gratification, it's hard to do. This is why you have, we give training techniques for this so you can get there faster, okay? Once you do that and you sit in nothing, you take a time out, okay? At that point, whatever is real begins to slowly surface in time and, and express itself or show itself to you. The recent string of live broadcasts that you've done, starting from the most recent, so we've done the white room, then stepping through reality and the nothing that you are, so in one of them, you've, you did a dreamscape where you were supposed to imagine this kind of white body. And the, my question would be, is that body in the white room or is that kind of like the bridge between here and the sense the, you, the, you, the white listen, room? Listen, when you say to someone, imagine your body on there, okay? Mm -hmm. the, the first thing you have to keep in mind is that for some people to imagine, they need something in their mind to structurally identify with. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, I understand that if I'm going to talk to a broader audience of people who have all different levels of knowledge and experience and yada, 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 that I have to speak on a level, even right now, in a unified way that's useful to the vast majority of people listening to it, that everybody can walk away with something so they can go, wow, Eric really said something that I thought was useful, okay? Mm-hmm. So when I say that, it's really in the context to help the person identify and just kind of get them to that next level. Mm-hmm. There, there truly is not a physical body in the sense that you imagine, mm-hmm. Okay. What you, we can, as spiritual people, we can imagine that we have a soul. The irony of it, if you say, what does your soul look like? The person imagines a transparent silhouette of your body, mm-hmm. okay? Which still really would be weirdly wrong, okay? Consciousness does not require any specific shape or design, technically speaking, mm-hmm. okay? At least that we would imagine, why does it have to look in a bipedal way, a head, two arms, yada, yada, mm-hmm. okay? Now they're, they're saying, oh, you can see these orbs and stuff like that, but, you know, again, we're walking mm-hmm. into wacky stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Another derailment, okay, to distract people from really awakening, okay? Mm-hmm. But having said that, if you were to ask me what do I see in that level, okay? The first thing is the same thing I said before. If you, if you have a wall in your house and you walk up to the wall in your house, maybe, and you stand maybe a foot away from it to two feet, and you just look at it with the lights on, okay? Just look at that wall and start to tell me what do you see in the wall. You're going to see what looks like little particles of energy. You might see some stuff that's reflective off of your retina of your eye. As you keep looking, you're going to start seeing what looks like depth. You might think it's a... a Uh, hallucination of your eyes or whatever, but you're going to start seeing static charge of energy. And the wall, literally, if you can endure staring and observing it long enough, you don't have to stare. You can blink your eyes. Let me correct that, okay? But you're going to start to see what looks like a holographic level to that wall. Like there's literally a foot deep depth into it, Mm -hmm. okay? And you're going to see all sorts of interesting stuff. And as you keep looking and defining it more and more and more, eventually you start to see a grid work, which I call the master grid of reality and it's everywhere okay it's what what defines the space between me and you that whole grid is gridding through all of reality it's the canvas that projects what we what we think we see here and smell taste all of this stuff okay so that's the, the first thing that you you need to understand now understanding that when i say to you if i was to let my consciousness fade you guys away okay and fade everything in the room away, and fade everything away, what I see remaining is a, a fine, fine thread that's, that it, I had to really observe to find the thread at some point to know that it's there, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. But what I see is this glow, and it's all these little tiny filaments of, of compressed little speckled dot that I have come to know is, is your, your designed collective of your consciousness of, of ooh, who and everything you are. Okay, that ultimately, if you were to ask me, is in a sense the truest projection of your individualness as a as a consciousness. So we all look the same, and we're. <laughs> well, you look the same, but you know that's like saying to to someone who never met, you know, uh, human beings. You guys all look the same to me until you really start to really understand it. You start to see the, no one is alike. Do you, that's the whole point of it. You may look alike, but that's so so petty, so so relative. 
you you are designed specifically absolutely unique but in some ways also uniquely similar just popped into my head it's like a book with the same cover but the story is completely different inside like it yeah, might or, look or it might look story, similar, but differently but but you get different truths from that and that's what a simulated reality ultimately is looking for it's looking for unique and developing new information and it's also looking for anomalies that it may not have predictably been able to predict that's the aha moment with why run it all if there's if there's not the sifting of uniqueness to come from it one of the uh, questions that we've had coming in lately is more geared towards the operational state of mind. And it seems that um, people are trying to, our participants are trying to jump right to this operational They're state of mind. always jumping ahead. <laughs> this is human nature. This is why people fail. And mm-hmm. that's why they feel frustrated when they try to do certain trainings. I will repeat to you what I always say. Slower is faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- when we teach people about the eyes, for instance, mm-hmm. okay, if you're going to ask a good place to start, okay, mm-hmm. I'll try to put it in a nutshell for the people who are listening who may not know what I mean, is that we, we you first self-analyze through self-awareness, self-study, your consciousness, okay? And this is what we teach as a whole class on it, okay? Brilliant, okay? And in, in your... Identity is what you believe is your personality. You have the angry you, the happy you, the hunger you, the comfort you, yada, yada. So an example of that would be you, you've been out all day hiking or whatever, and you're literally starving. You didn't eat breakfast. You didn't eat lunch. You, it's dinner time, and you, you know, you're just really hungry. Your body's kind of shaky, and your, your blood sugars are low, okay? And there's one little restaurant in town, and you go there, and there's a line of people, and the place is super busy, Okay. So you go up there, and, the, and the, the person says at the desk to you, uh, you're like, how long? And they're saying, it's going to be at least 45 minutes to an hour, okay? So your hunger eye is screaming, I just want to eat now. And the comfort eye that's really been hiking all day, that's sore, that's tired, okay, is also going to have in there because the lady says to you, but if you want to eat much sooner, you can sit up at the the the, the bar or wherever mm-hmm. it is, okay? Mm-hmm. And you look and you're really kind of uncomfortable wood chairs, no cushing on them. You see people all squished together. And so your comfort eye now is arguing with your hunger eye because now you're going back and forth whether you want to feed first and get it over with mm-hmm. or your hunger eye saying just shut up and put up and wait for us to get that nice cushy booth over there, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is how one begins to identify different personality traits in your conscious. So we call them eyes, mm-hmm. okay? You have a hunger eye. You have a, 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 a eye for comfort. So you have all these other kind of complex eyes when you really start to analyze it. There's a selfish eye. There's a pouty eye. There's the lover in you. There's the joy eye. There's, there's all these things. It's also to say that there's different aspects of yourself that you become aware of these. So it's like I always say, when somebody has a argument with maybe their, their partner or whatever, okay, there, there's usually this whole part of you that is observing you having your, your fit and you might get up and you might shove something to the thing and walk out and slam the door. But the truth is you are already planning that whole episode in advance mm-hmm. that you're going to act out. And so, so some other part of you is observing yourself in the second state, mm-hmm. then with the third part being your body going through the motions and you vocalizing what you're saying. So these are also eyes. So what right. eyes do you have automating it 
And where in your self-awareness are you actually aware of this part of you observing and knowing all this? That's the part you got to first become aware of. So in the end, you are made of all these different mini personalities, if you will, mm -hmm. that you could say in a, a way are a crude form of all those little static dots that I talk about on the middle pillow. That's mm -hmm. your, your data. And if you zoom into those eyes, you're going to find more eyes developed that created them from since your childhood, since your birth, since all DNA, all this stuff. Okay. So this is the beginning of you dismantling or understanding what you truly are. What, what your true potential really is, is to start being able to isolate in your mind and recognize these identities that truly aren't you, okay? Once you do that, you've gained a, a power of self-awareness or you certainly have begun to, to take control. Mm -hmm. And is it through that self-awareness and through really understanding what you're a part of that allows somebody to really influence the matrix, really to... Yes, to pull because those strings. the more you start to realize that you can control your, your inner self, even if it's for just brief moments, okay, then you begin to be able to subjugate that onto what we call reality all around mm -hmm. you. You can either use it to influence, you can use it to, to manipulate reality in certain ways, and this is what we get into what we call spiritual powers or psychic abilities mm -hmm. or whatever these, but you, until you really understand how that you can't really control a thing until you understand the thing. Mm. Once you understand it and it's legitimately a good working model, you should be able to do things with that. That's the whole point of the entire body of teachings. Mm -hmm. That's why people love the material. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a, maybe a final, any final words or like a final question you want to leave us with, uh, before we wrap well, up here? You know, it's it's always the, the same same thing. You know, I know there's lurkers out there. And I, I think they're all egotistic and they don't want people to know that they're absorbing all this information because then they won't be the source of the knowledge. I mean, there's no old trick. I know them all, okay? You know, I just wish that people would, would come more forward, whether going on Facebook and just saying a hello to me or something, that it acknowledges me to want to maybe reach out and help or, mm -hmm. or, or do something to expand their knowledge base if they can't afford it or they don't have access to that or something. I'm more than willing to help, but I just don't want to be taken advantage of either. So, you know, let me decide, but you get, you got to present yourself to some degree. Mm -hmm. But on the same token, you know, is, is I can't help you that much more than, than what I have already by putting what I've put out there. There it is. Yeah. You know, unless people come out here to, to be trained by me personally, okay, you know, the body of material is, is brilliant and it works. Mm -hmm. It literally works. It's, it's far beyond anything out there. But me saying that we have all these built-in filters like, oh, that's real arrogant. He can't be a spiritual master if he said that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, there's no winning, you know, yeah. is, is, it is what it is. But my message is trust your instincts don't convolute it with, with over-the-top thinking in your head, trying to whatever. Just just try to move. You're listening to this for a reason. Mm. Tr listen to your inner navigator. Move forward. You're only stagnating. You're only sitting still. You're wasting time. And believe me, it's actually something that we are getting a less and less of. A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, 
stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at higherbalanceinstitute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.